And I'd had these experiences in the week doing the meditation, you know, and I was kind of like, oh shit, this meditation stuff's pretty good. Like, you know, I could probably get addicted to this, doing this. But it was when I seen that on the outside, when I seen that happening in broad daylight without any drugs, And yeah, I think that was like the first switch in my mind um, in a positive way. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this this is good. Uh, This is a natural high. This is Not Quite Alcoholics with me, Rory Kinsella, a meditation teacher, sober coach, and the creator of We Meditate to Quit Alcohol and the Six Steps for Not Quite Alcoholics. If you're considering changing your relationship with alcohol and are looking for tips, advice, and inspiration, you've come to the right place. Not Quite Alcoholics, how to go alcohol-free before rock bottom. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. I'm joined by Cam Cooney. Cam is a Vedic meditation teacher based in Glasgow in the UK. And Cam came to meditation after an emotional meltdown at work led him to Google how to be happy. And there he found himself on a, on a top 10 list where number eight was to meditate. And he realized that smoking weed, drinking alcohol and suppressing his emotions wasn't working. So set about exploring meditation. And after dabbling with many different techniques and apps and studying all over the world, Cam became a Vedic meditation teacher in 2019 and teaches from his Glasgow studio and online. Cam, it's great to have you on the show. So, so you're originally from Australia and you're teaching Vedic meditation in the UK. I'm originally from the UK, teaching Vedic meditation in Australia. So we've exactly. done this swap. Exactly. <laughs> so, and we're both sober. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting mix, isn't it? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what kind of appealed to me. I, I follow you on Instagram and I was like, oh yeah, this guy seems cool. Let's chat. <laughs> so um, what took you from the sunny Barossa Valley in South Australia to Scotland? So my mum's actually Glaswegian, um, but she lives still in Australia. My dad's from uh, Belfast, so I've always had a close links to uh, Scotland and Ireland um, and the UK in general. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the Barossa Valley um, in South Australia, uh, little old Adelaide. Um, and yeah, I grew up there uh, to the age of uh, 19, 20, 20. Um, I've been traveling for the last seven years now. And uh, yeah, pretty much what you said, you know, um, as a, as a, teenager i used to use a lot of drink and drugs to kind of suppress my emotions um i had a little bit of a mental meltdown breakdown um after breaking my back and being in rehab for six months and uh yeah came across meditation as you said in a top 10 list on google how to be happy and number eight was meditate and that's kind of like in you know meditation from early days made massive benefits for me and around this sort of time in my life i was a little bit kind of all over the place uh back in australia I lost my job. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but meditation was like really kind of guiding me through this stage and kind of gave me the confidence to kind of go like, you know what, I'm going to sell everything I own in Australia. I'm going to go traveling. I'm going to move over to the UK. Um, being a big football fan, um, you know, that's something I always wanted to do as a young kid. Um, I started at the bottom of the UK in Bournemouth and, uh, just traveled my way up through the UK, uh, Bristol as well. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, made my way up to Glasgow, obviously as well as like traveling through Europe and doing my teaching training in Indonesia. Um, and I kind of just like dabbled in lots of different meditation classes and courses and retreats. And, uh, yeah, I came across Vedic meditation. I think that was in 
2017, I think it was, or 16. And uh, yeah, after learning Vedic meditation, that's like very shortly afterwards, about a week later, I got sober um, and have been sober ever since. And I put Vedic meditation down as my pillar to keeping me sober. You know, obviously there's lots of varying tangents that keep me uh, sober, but without a doubt, Vedic meditation is my pillar. Um, Made a huge, huge difference in my life in a positive ways. Yeah. Amazing that it was so, so soon after. M- maybe talk a little bit about, about what kind of, what your drinking was like before that or, you know, at any point. And then we'll talk about this, this, this huge change that happened so quickly after learning. Yeah. So, you know, alcohol was never actually really the main issue for me. It was drugs, um, especially once I moved to the UK and, realized the price of cocaine and I was like, wow, this is incredibly cheap compared to back home, you know, and use, I use a lot of, uh, yeah, exactly. And I used to work on bars, you know, and I used to in nightclubs and stuff like that. And venue, I was a venue manager in a nightclub and like being in that environment, you know, drink and drugs just go hand in hand with it. Um, so yeah, like alcohol was probably never really the, the issue, but alcohol was the gateway to it you know it's like you go through high school and you know they kind of like you know drug speeches and stuff like that they're always like don't smoke weeds weed is the you know the gateway to all the other drugs and it's not true it's alcohol is a fucking gateway to all the other drugs because alcohol is the biggest drug of them all but you know i could i could never drink by myself uh or like just do drinking only um i could have had to do drugs also um and like when the two were mixed together i was either like you know I'm just a really horrible person. I was really nasty. I could be um, either wanting to fight everybody or I could be really emotional and kind of like very teary. And like, it was just a, it never brought any kind of positive influence to my life. And I never grew up. So my dad's been sober his whole life. He's never had alcohol. Uh, My granddad's been sober for half of his life, like over 40 years. Uh, My mum was, I've seen my mum tipsy twice in my life. Um, so alcohol, I never grew up in a family with alcohol or drugs or anything like that. So when I started to like became a teenager and, you know, started going to parties and, you know, going out to clubbing and stuff like that, like my mates kind of maybe had like a, a an understanding of like how to deal with alcohol, you know, and like, you know, you got to pace yourself or like maybe they'd grown up, they'd been in those sorts of situations with their family whereas i never had so i was just kind of like okay vodka this thing makes me feel really good like fucking okay let's have another six vodkas and let's have another 12 vodkas and okay let's have a few beers and then let's have some wine and let's have like you know the next thing was like an hour later i'm absolutely you know shattered um and like you know for three days afterwards it'd be just a train wreck um so yeah i mean like alcohol as i said alcohol was kind of the gateway to drugs which was the main problem for me um and just before I got sober, um, I was probably at the very peak of my drug and alcohol addiction. Um, I don't, I don't really know if addiction is probably the right way, but I was, I mean, I was using it and I was, you know, and surviving on it, um, at my, at my peak, just before getting sober, I was, you know, it was wake up and have two Panadol and a line of Coke, a Red Bull, um, go through the day and, you know, have a few more lines of Coke, um, start work in the evening, a few more, um, as, as the day sort of like, you know, the night went on a few drinks by the end of the night, like, you know, done a bag of Coke, um, smashed a, a packet of Panadol, um, and, you know, 10 Red Bulls and, 
you know, the alcohol was just kind of like mixed in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the next thing was I can't sleep and that turns into another bag and then that turns into another day. And there was like, a, there was a period a few weeks before I got sober where I was up for like three nights, you know, just, and it was just like in, in Blackpool of all places in the UK, um, <laughs> in, it, yeah, it was just like this room that was, you know, had no light, no natural light into it. And it was like, you know, you could, we could all just party in there. And it's like, you know, I remember like going out at like 11 AM, um, in the morning to go and buy a bag of Coke. I'm just kind of like walking out of this room and feeling like fucking Gollum, you know, coming out of his cave, like, you know, the sun hitting me and just like hitting my pale skin. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the peak of it, you know? Um, but it all, yeah, that was definitely rock bottom. Um, you know, but it it goes from years and years back of just partying and like, you know, it, it always started just like just a Saturday night and then it would be Friday and Saturday night. Maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Friday, and then it should be every night and it's every day. And it was just like, yeah, that was just the way, you know, and the people I was around, like, you know, they were doing that as well, but they didn't really see an issue for that, you know? Um, but I needed to change because I was just like, when I wasn't on it or when I was having a come down, fuck, it was just a mental mess, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, really, meditation really- helped me. Sorry. Yeah, really interesting the way that you describe it as, you know, a lot of people who have drink and drugs problem is from a, fa- you know, there's a family genetic kind of thing that people often yeah. say it's my genetics. So really interesting the way you say this, it was kind of a disadvantage <laughs> that your family yeah. didn't do it because you didn't have this knowledge of it. You didn't have, an, you, you, you didn't have an awareness. I guess you were naive around it because it, you didn't grow up around Massively. it. Yeah, like I, I, just, I yeah, obviously grew up and, I just never knew. I just never knew what, like, and I think, like, I remember when I probably started drinking about 14, 15, and I remember, like, you know, getting drunk in a paddock with my pals, you know, at a party and in the middle of the Barossa Valley and just, like, yeah, I just had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what alcohol did to someone. I didn't know how they they would act around, like, once they started having alcohol in their system. Yeah, I just had no expectations, and it really just took me, you know, for a ride um, as the years went on. And... So yeah, it definitely, uh, it, it brought absolutely no positive influences to my life whatsoever. So getting sober was like, it was needed. It was needed. Um, so was I it, mean, there was, was a, it, sorry, was, was it the trigger to, so you thought I want to get sober here? What am I, how am I going to do it? So once I left uh, Australia and moved to the UK, um, I started working in like nightclubs and stuff like that. And I was traveling around and that kind of came part and parcel with like traveling and working in bars, like, you know, lots of, lots of drinking and drugs. And I was pretty on top of it. Like when I first moved to the UK, like I was pretty, wasn't that bad, but obviously like the traveling, it became every few days, every day and stuff like that. And I had little periods where I was like, I need to get sober. I need to get back in shape. I need to like sort myself out. So I knew, but I didn't have the surroundings around me. Like the people I was hanging around, like they didn't support that in any way at all. So I started with little bits of like, right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm just going to do drugs. And it's like, I take drugs and go out and like, you know, get halfway through the night and someone just like, oh, go up to the bar, buy your drink, come over and be like, oh, there you go, hand out a few drinks. And I was just like, oh, fuck, they bought it for me. I might as well have it. There you go. That breaks, you know, breaks it again. And I'll do these. And like, I mean, like these periods, I probably do like four days, five days. Um, and then I'll change it and be like, right, I'm only going to drink. I'm not going to do drugs. And it'll be the exact same thing. Like I'd have a few drinks 
and then like get through the, the end of the night and I'd be like, someone's getting the bags in and I'll be like, oh, cool. I'll just get myself a bag then as well. And it never, like I couldn't do one or the other. They both had to go with each other. Mm-hmm. So I tried and I tried and I tried. Um, and probably the longest I did was maybe like a week, I think. But I kind of had a, a seriously big wake up call uh, while I was living in Blackpool when I was in my, uh, in the peak of my, or the, you know, pits, oh, the pits of it. Yeah, exactly. The pits. It's definitely not a peak. <laughs> definitely the pits of it. Um, my ex-girlfriend got in contact with me. It was like, uh, you're going to be a dad. Um, and I had been in contact with her for, yeah, for a while. And it kind of, it was obviously a big fucking wake up call. You know, I'm in Blackpool with probably like 20 quid to my name and, you know, living in like, I haven't slept for three days and it's kind of like all over the place. And that was like a big, I remember, I remember that like, being told and being like, just feeling my, my chest was just like closing up. I just wanted the whole ground to kind of suck me up and kind of like everything that I'm doing right now is literally about to change. Um, and I'm going to be everything that I don't want to be, which is kind of just you know, a bit of a derelict, derelict life, you know, and kind of probably got a, a kid that I don't know about or anything like that. And I was kind of like, no, this is not what I want. I need to get my health, myself sorted. And obviously in the, the pits of this, you know, I definitely was not fucking meditating. That was far down the list of things to do. So, but I knew what meditation did for me um, in the past and in these periods where it really helped me out. And I would, yeah, at that stage, I was probably meditating like, you know, once every month. And I was like, right, I, can, I need to get myself together. I need to get myself together. I need to stop drinking. I need to stop doing drugs. I need to start meditating again. I need to get my head sorted and I need to kind of like, I need to get out of this job that I'm working in. And I moved down to London and within the first week of being in London, I signed up to a free introductory talk to Vedic meditation. I literally just Googled a meditation course beginners. And I was like, that's what I'm at. I'll just, like, just start a beginners level again. And I would just fucking go for it. And I signed up to a Vedic meditation introductory talk and I had no idea what the fuck Vedic meditation was. You know, I was, I was still dabbling in headspace and uh, just doing like online Deepak Chopras and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, and yeah, went to the free introductory talk and like, you know, the guy, told his story about Vedic meditation, how it helped him. And he said to me, which is probably a really good sales pitch, to be honest with you. (laughs) He was like to me, you know, take a weekend off the booze, take a weekend off, you know, going out this weekend and, you know, sign up for the meditation course, you know, otherwise you'll probably go to the shops, buy yourself a nice shirt, go out for dinner, get a few drinks. Then you go out to a club and you'll probably spend that amount of money, which you're going to spend on the course anyway. So he's like, just have a weekend off and do this. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. All right. I'll do that. You know, I'll just, I'll just have one weekend off and then I'll go back out next weekend. And, you know, I went to this meditation course and I remember just like coming from it, like on Sunday, like finishing and just like calling everyone that I fucking knew. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. I love this. It's brilliant. Um, and yeah, around this kind of week, things didn't materialize. So I didn't become a dad. Um, and in that sense, I really could have easily kind of just gone, all right, fuck it. That's, that's the pressure off my shoulders. I can mm-hmm. just go get silly with it now. But the, the meditation course and doing the meditation twice a day uh, for a week, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm buzzing. Like I am absolutely just like high on life without any of this at the moment. And I feel really good. I mean, I'm sleeping, my, you know, sleeping habits getting back together. And I thought, you know what, fuck it. There's a, a week long 
uh, Vedic meditation retreat next week. I'm going to sign up to it. And I, I didn't have a job at this point. I didn't have a job. I had about 300 pounds my name and luckily I could do it on a payment plan or, you know, and I signed up for it and I went to the retreat. I knew absolutely nobody there. Um, and yeah, phone went off for a week and did this Vedic meditation retreat rounding for a week and it just blew my head off. <laughs> um, and yeah, since coming back from that retreat, I've been sober ever since. And I like, I remember like the moment when I was kind of like, you know what, I'm actually going to stick to this. This isn't, this is me. I'm going to stay sober. Like I'm going to, the ball is firmly rolling in a positive shift for me. I'm going to keep this. And I started searching for jobs um, and found a job that wasn't in hospitality or working in bars or anything like that. And started, you know, I was working in a reception at a backpackers hostel in central London. And it was just, you know, the people I was around, they like, they were saying to me, you know, Cam, like, you're absolutely glowing. What is, what's going on with you? And I think it was kind of like just positive little comments like that around me. I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to keep with this. And, you know, coming up to this May will be five years um, sober. So, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a hell of a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I love how, how the, you know, it, it was, it was, it was the turning point was the meditation and just the words that you described, like you were high, like it, it gave you a, a high, high on life. Um, can you talk more about that and how that you made that connection in your mind or how it made you feel? Yeah. So the first time that I actually really ever noticed the, the high, the meditation high, um, and I messaged, I emailed my teacher and I was like, I think I feel like I'm on cocaine. Um, so it was after the, the retreat. So I did the week, the week long Vedic meditation retreat and, you know, phone was off meditating for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, rounding, um, just absolutely glowing, eating nourishing food. And this retreat was in like Sussex, uh, just outside of London, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And I was living in uh, central London at the time. So leaving the retreat, I remember coming out of it, you know, I was with everybody else and we had to catch the train back into central London, into London, Victoria it was. Um, and you know what London, Victoria is like, it's, notoriously chaotic there's people walking in every direction there's suitcase flying someone yelling over there there's a big alarm going off in the distance you know it's just absolutely you can't walk for three steps without walking into somebody it's just chaos and i remember getting off of this train and kind of just like you know all the people we were on a retreat with we were kind of all sitting together on the train we got off and it was kind of just like all right see ya you know everyone walked in a different direction and I remember like I had to walk all the way through the massive crowd and I fucking felt like the Messiah. I felt like the, like the, the crowd just splitted and I kind of just walked all the way through it. And I remember just like kind of walking through and just like, whoa. And like I had the euphoria of like, obviously like, you know, when you do a line and take ecstasy and all these sorts of things, like the euphoria hits you and your body kind of feels light and it feels tingly. And that's exactly how I was feeling, like just walking through that. And I was like, oh my fucking God. And I'd had these experiences in the week doing the meditation, you know, and I was kind of like, oh shit, this meditation stuff's pretty good. Like, you know, I could probably get addicted to this, doing this, but (laughs) it was when I seen that on the outside, when I seen that happening in broad daylight without any drugs. And I was like, oh my fucking God, this is, you know, as I said, I felt like the fucking Messiah. I felt like the water was splitting and I was just walking on it, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it was it was brilliant. I remember messaging my uh, my teacher after that. I, like, sent him an email. I said, "Mate, I am absolutely high off my tits right now." I said, "I feel amazing. That was the best week I've ever had." Like, I'm coming to the next one. Like, what what courses can I do next? Where can I where, where can I do more of this shit? Um, 
and yeah, I think that was like the first kind of switch in my mind um, in a positive way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this, this is good. Uh, this is a natural high. So, yeah. yeah. I've, I've got a friend who, who talks about, um, yeah, people ask him, can meditation be addictive? And he's like, 100% yes. If you do it every day for three years, you will be addicted. But uh, that's fine. <laughs> it's like we're addicted uh, exactly. to, to drinking water and breathing air. They're yeah, good for exactly. us. Yeah, cocaine <laughs> it's, and it's a good addiction. <laughs> yeah. exactly. um, I think it's definitely like, you know, that addictive, uh, uh, someone who's got an addiction or an addictive behavior, mindset, um, personality, you know, they'll just find something else to be addicted to, you know, like someone, some, someone gives up smoking, you know, they just go to like lollipops or, mm. you know, sweets, um, or even with alcohol and drugs, you know, people go to sugar. Um, yeah. and I just, I'm so grateful that I came across meditation of all things and <laughs> that like you know i'll still murder a fucking block of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely a positive one massively right and yeah so then tell me about your life since then so you're obviously well into it you were doing the advanced courses and at some point you decided to to become a teacher of this yeah so like i started doing the advanced courses and uh yeah it was um it was probably, yeah, a few months into it where I was kind of like, you know what, I should want to like, maybe I could do it, become a teacher of this. The one thing, like the main reason I wanted to become a teacher is because I knew like previous, when I first ever learned meditation, I was working on building sites. Um, and when I noticed, when I felt really, really good, like I'd been doing meditation for three weeks, I didn't tell anybody I was doing meditation because this was back in like 2014. Meditation was definitely not mainstream then. And as a young 19 year old kid working on a building site, if I went in and said, yeah, boys, I'm meditating, I would have got ripped to fucking pieces by, you know, every trade there. So I never told anyone, but like after three weeks of kind of like doing a meditation practice, guys on the building site were coming up to me, Cam, what's the big difference, man? Like, you know, you're buzzing at the moment. Like, you know, your, your attitude and your, your presence has really shifted. And when I started to notice that other people were noticing that in me, I was kind of like, wow, this, this, this shit's good. Why do more people not know about this? And I think once I started to get really back into my meditation practice, doing the Vedic meditation, um, and as I said, other people at my new workplace were like, Cam, what is it you do? Like, you know, you're always buzzing. You're always coming here. You're always positive. You know, you're always getting things done, you know, and you're always like, you never seem stressed about anything. And I was working in like a high pressure environment, you know. And when I started to like, notice other people who don't even know me, were saying that to me, I was kind of like, fuck yeah, no, I got like, why don't I become a teacher of this? And the one thing I always, yeah, yeah. The one thing I kind of always noticed as well was like, you know, I'm, and I, I, people say this to me all the time. I'm not a classic meditation teacher. You know, I'm not the, like, I'd sat in classes, I'd sat in courses, I'd sat in retreats where, you know, it was all about like, you know, just let go and, you know, all do this. And it was all kind of real fluffy language around stuff. But, you know, as a, a young kid who left school early and <clears throat> started working on building sites, um, that's not my slang. That's not my language, you know. And I felt like all of the really good content that I was learning from teachers and learning about meditation, the language around it was never going to land with my group that was around me, like my lads, my mates. And I was kind of like, I could you know, I, I could teach this and I could be like a little bit of a bridge for, you know, the people who think that's, you know, skepticals, you know, who think mm-hmm. meditation is bullshit. And I was kind of like, you know what, fuck it, I'll just become, I'll just start teaching and just start, see how it goes. So, yeah. And like, I could have easily just done like a, you know, 
50 hour online meditation teacher training. Um, but I think the thing that appealed to me was like when I was told, you know, if you want to become a Vedic meditation teacher, you've got to do like a minimum of three week week long retreats. You've got to do this advanced, uh, two advanced courses, which are both a year long. And then you've got to go do uh, three months of meditating 15 hours plus a day. And I was like, 15 hours plus a day fucking sign me up now like i'll, I'll pay for it right now get high all um, day yeah literally um i i just i the, the challenge of that i was like yeah i'm all for that um so i, I you know i dedicated like i think that also played into probably the sobriety like you know obviously early days with sobriety you're, you're faced with challenges and i think because I'm spending my money on meditation retreats and advanced courses and other meditation retreats, I didn't really have the money to go out and buy drink and drugs. And I wasn't surrounding myself with those other like groups who were doing that. You know, it's not to say that I wasn't around those groups. I'm still around there, but I just had very much a different perspective of those things. So yeah, that's, um, that's where I kind of like it clicked for me probably a few months in when other people started to notice who didn't really know me, like, positive changes in me and kind of like wanted like when i said to them yeah i i meditate they're like what you meditate and i'm like yeah I do it twice a day every day oh cool what how do you do that and i'm just like, i just close my eyes and i just say this little thing to myself and they're just kind of like oh really how do you do that and i'm like oh i, I yeah i can't really tell you <laughs> i was kind of like <laughs> um yeah so i guess it was kind of like yeah maybe i could teach this so it's yeah and it's just been such a, a wicked journey Amazing. Well, it looks like you're doing really well doing what you're doing. Um, so I know, you know, you, you appeal to the people you appeal to and you don't market yourself around drinking drugs, but, um, yeah. How, how do you see the way that you teach helping other people around these areas? So I probably have on, so I do a course every weekend. Um, and I probably have one person on every course who's coming directly to me to learn meditation to get sober. And it's not, as I said, as you said, you know, I don't, I don't promote it in any way. Um, probably. So when I first moved to Scotland, um, I didn't really know anybody. So the way I kind of like, I moved to Scotland just before lockdown at the end of 2019. So I did my teacher training in the mid 2019 and I came back and I was going to stay in London uh, with a few other teachers and kind of create a bigger thing. And I kind of intuitively was like, you know, actually, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And I moved up to Scotland just because I had some family here, some uncles, and I was kind of like couch surfing and I'm just trying to work out what I was actually going to do. Um, and then I kind of decided, you know, what, I should just stay in Glasgow. And in my first like three months, you know, I didn't know anybody in Glasgow other than my family. And I was kind of like, you know, I want to go meet more people. Um, I don't want to hang around my family all the time. <laughs> I want to go like meet more people and I kind of want to do some things, but like, you know, being sober, like I, how do I meet people? So I actually Googled, um, no, I searched on Instagram, Scotland sober. And I came across a group called sober buzz Scotland. And this was like this group of uh, people who were sober, who did sober events and it was kind of like sober events, like maybe once every two months. And it would be like a, you know, a brunch and it would just be like, you know, 20 people and you get like a, a, a brunch and you kind of get to chat to other people who were sober or sober curious. I hadn't even, I'd never even heard the word sober curious until I went to this sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and I looked at the page and to be honest with you, like the page was very uh, feminine. Um, and, you know, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that, but, you know, I was kind of like, 
it kind of looks like the groups, you know, all women. Um, and I was like, I'm sending them a message. Hey, like guys, like I'd, I'd love to come to an event, but it does look is it like females only. Um, and they sent me a message back and they're like, oh no, like, you know, the last one we had, like my brother was there and there was someone else. There was a few guys there. And I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll come along. I'll sign up. And I paid and I went to like the next, I think it was the next Sunday or something. And it was like a brunch and in central Glasgow. And I went and I remember getting there and I got there a little bit early and, um, you know, it was maybe two or three people there. And I think it was supposed to be like 40 people there. And, um, they welcomed me and they're like, yeah, cool. Sit down and you know, have some lunch. And I sat down and there was like one other lady there. <laughs> I sat next to her and she's like a really good friend of mine now. Um, her name's Bex. And I said to Bex, and I was like, so have you been to one of these before? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, so what's it like? You know, like what, what, what goes on? And she's like, oh, it's just all the ladies, you know, just come around for a wee gab. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh fuck. So what have I got myself into? Cam? I'm thinking, I'm just going to be like, it's going to be women chat like everywhere. I said, there's going to be absolutely nothing. And I said, to, I remember saying to the host, is there any other guys coming? And they were like, there's only one other. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And honestly, as soon as he walked in, I was just like, mate, I'm over here, mate, sit. I've like, saved your seat here. And I remember just like him sitting down and just being like, mate, like talk to me about football, please. Just talk to me something about, you know, it's some lads chat. Um, and it was amazing. Like, you know, obviously got to bond with him, but also got to bond with like the ladies as well. Like, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, they weren't just having a gap, you know, they were obviously talking about sobriety and stuff like that. And that was my first ever group around sobriety. And you know, the hosts, they were kind of like to me, like, Cam, tell us your story. And most of the people were there, because I think it was it was January, I think it was. Um, so it was like lots of people doing like dry January and just kind of sober curious. So maybe I sober like two weeks or something. And even the host, she had only been sober like, you know, a year or something like that and, and six months. And when they were like to me, oh, you know, who are you? Like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Cam and, you know, I'm 24 and um, I've been sober for uh, three years. And they were kind of like, what? what? You know, like, what? Okay. And they're like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And they're like, you want to come to like our next event and do like a talk and like try and lead some guys into this. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, why not? At that time, as I said, like I was starting to kind of build my business into teaching and meeting more people. And this is like a perfect opportunity, you know, like these people that were coming to this, they were kind of like, you know, I was telling them, yeah, I just do meditations being like my pillar to sobriety. And they were kind of like, Oh, what really? What's what, how does that work? And I'll just be like, I didn't even like, put two and two together and I was kind of like I don't know I just do this thing and it kind of helps and I started talking about it I was actually like fuck this is actually really you know good and these people started like coming signing up to my courses and stuff like that and they were like you know they would go and tell their friend and they would turn their friends and I started like helping with this sober buzz group I've kind of stepped away from it now obviously because I just do my teaching and stuff but that really kind of kick-started the whole kind of people doing coming to me for sobriety um and helping with their, you know, and as I said, like every course I do, there's one person. And even when uh, there's not, you know, someone directly coming for it, the question always comes up at the end of the course. And I'm like, all right, cool, guys, you know, fire your questions at me. So how does he- alcohol, you know, what's your relationship with alcohol? Because they all know that, you know, um, I'm sober. And it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, right, cool. So we talk about it. And, you know, I've, I've, I've taught a lot of people who are sober after coming to my courses. And that fucking makes my heart so warm you know um it's just yeah really positive really positive so that's how it kind of like molded into people kind of coming for me as I said like I don't openly talk about it I think it was a period where I maybe openly spoke about it a little bit more than I did um but I also didn't want to be known as just like the sober guy you know I wanted to be known as like you know well no, it's me. You know, I'm also a meditation guy. I'm also like, you know, I'm, I'm something else other than just being a sober guy. Um, 
and I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into that. So yeah, it's, uh, I still openly talk about it and I still openly get asked questions about it all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Great. Well, thanks for sharing. <clears throat> and yeah, I loved hearing your story today. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will too. So yeah, tell us what you've got on for the next year. What are your big plans and also where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So it's big plans. I've got some, uh, some big ones this year. Yeah. So I've been self-employed, um, full-time teaching since June last year. Uh, prior to that, I had like, you know, some part-time jobs to kind of tick me over. But I've been, uh, full-time since June last year and it's just been strength to strength each month. And, uh, my community base has, you know, my student base has rapidly grown. Um, and it's really, really strong community that we've got and really supportive. And, um, my next step is to kind of, uh, to move everybody onto like a meditation app, not into like my teaching and stuff like that, but just keep everybody like, you know, the way I kind of run things now is I have everybody through like a WhatsApp chat. And that works really well when I had like a small base, you know, um, just a few people when I kind of be like, Hey guys, group meditation tomorrow. Or, hey guys, we're going to do a course, you know? Um, whereas now I've got like, you know, over a hundred people in it. It's kind of like, Whoa, fuck, this is, this is, this is growing rapidly. And every weekend is adding more people into it. So the next step for me is to kind of put uh, everybody onto an app, a community app. Um, and I'll be able to send people like, you know, more guided meditations and more kind of, uh, you know, meditation challenges and stuff like that and keep my community all in one place. So that's a transition we're making over the next uh, month and a bit. I've also got a few retreats on the run. Um, I've got a really cool location, which I'll be putting up um, tomorrow. Uh, literally yeah, why I've been doing so, this podcast. So, I mean, saw, the, saw the picture. It looked amazing. It is it's amazing. It's like this meditation dome on the top of a mountain and it overlooks the ocean on the West coast of Scotland. Um, and yeah, I, I just sent that out to my community while we've been sitting here. Actually, I've been getting notifications of people signing up to it, which is amazing. But yeah, I'm going to be po posting that tomorrow, which, um, and that's a, you know, I've done Vedic meditation rounding retreats mm -hmm. exclusively for my students, but this is like a day retreat opened for everybody in all levels. And we're going to have like really cool stuff. You know, we're going to do like periods of silence and we're going to do uh, mantra meditation. We're going to do meta meditation and we're going to do this really cool thing, which, um, I've not done, done it personally before, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's called a Shavasana soundscape. And it's going to be like where everybody at the end of the day, we like lay down, you know, on a mat and wrap stuff up a blanket, put an eye pillow on. And for just like an hour, I'll just put like Ludovinco and Audi on um, and just mm. bliss out to that. Um, so it'll be like a bit like a sound bath in some ways, uh, but a bit cooler. So yeah, that's, that's a cool thing that's coming up. And like by hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be doing residential retreats, you know, weekends and week longs. And, um, yeah, just continuing to like teach and kind of do some more things. I've got, a, I did a lot for a charity last year in November. Um, and I've got some, a cool connection, uh, with November coming up this year, uh, which is quite cool. Um, so yeah, there's, there's all like, honestly, I'm just always kind of doing something and, and like, I, I, I'm always so busy and it's so easy to kind of be like, Oh, I'm so busy, you know, but I love it. I love being teaching and like busy, busy teaching, um, it's just my passion. You know, I was just so happy to do it. So yeah, things, things, lots of things going on this year. And like, you know, people want to kind of find me, like I am, uh, Instagram probably the easiest place to kind of find me. That's probably where I'm most active. Um, Cam Cooney meditation, um, is my name on there. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me there if you're interested in meditation or sobriety and just have a laugh at memes. Cause that's probably the, <laughs> the biggest thing I've got on my, uh, social media. Like, and that's purely the way I kind of like want meditation to kind of be like my teaching style is just purely to have a laugh and enjoy things. It doesn't need to be so, you know, rigid and, um, 
fluffy and flowery and mm. yeah you can have a laugh and you know though if you if you're offended by swear words probably don't follow me because it's gonna be fucking heat <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man that's uh plenty of lots of cool things going on this year awesome well thank you again for your time today and yeah best of luck for the next year thank you man it's been a pleasure If you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol, check out my guided meditation series, We Meditate to Quit Alcohol, and my six steps for not quite alcoholics program, which offers motivation, meditation, and accountability to help you achieve your drinking goals. If you found this useful or interesting, please give us a rating and a review before you leave so that other people like you can find us and share with any friends who may also find it useful.